Welcome to another episode of the Bold Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. Here with me is Austin Waiter. And today we're going to be breaking down that NBA Finals. Uh, game one tonight as of Woo. this recording. Um, so we're really going to get into it right now. So, you know, we got Bucks, Suns. Uh, maybe a bit of a shocker for some people in the Suns and Bucks department. A lot of people had Nets, Lakers, if you're a fool. Mm-hmm. That's what ESPN yeah. wanted. They ESPN don't want this. Um, yeah, this is this is low budget, small market, but these were the better teams. When you build the team at the trade deadline, at the midway yeah. point in the season, I said it. I said I do not want to see the Nets or Lakers go to the finals because that's going to ruin the game of basketball. You can just build a team at the halfway point and go to the finals. And so it wasn't going to have a good look for the game. But here we are. Bucks, Suns, get it done. So, so close to my prediction. Very close. Very close. Um, And same, same for me. We both no. had Milwaukee coming out of it, but we just couldn't get our Western Conference teams together. Yeah. You got closer than me in the Western Conference department. Well, they shouldn't have really gotten that close. Um, But Giannis injured. That's going to be a bit of a topic that we discuss a little bit later. But overall, looking at the series as it is, who do you think's taking this series? Well, let me just say, like you said, this is the best teams, I would say, that right now, that obviously saying that because they're in the finals. Absolutely. But uh, if I'm being honest, I just think that this is Phoenix's time. I know Giannis and that injury, we're going to wait and see. I just feel like this is Phoenix's time. This is Chris Paul's time to get that NBA title that would put him into those lists, maybe of the greatest yeah. point guards ever. So I'm going to go with the Suns in six games. I think they get it done on the road. In Milwaukee. Wow, yeah. I'm going to have to go Phoenix as well. I really like the way they've looked. They've played so well. It hasn't just been Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They're the ones that are hitting the big shots, the killer shots. But you got to think, Jay Crowder has played incredibly well this Very annoying. Season. Very annoying during that Clipper series. <laughs> yeah. But he, he's been really good for them. Um, he's, just, he's very good at that catch and shoot. He just catches the ball, and he knows exactly how to get it off fast enough. Where that defense just doesn't even bother him helping yeah. down. Cam Johnson has looked fantastic. He's looking to be a great selection at the 11th pick. A lot of people doubted that pick a couple years ago. And now it's really paying off as they're in the finals, obviously, and he's looking good. Aiton, DeAndre Aiton, proving <laughs> that uh, he's no bust at number one, which if you're, I, I don't know, if you pay attention to sports, he wasn't a yeah. bust before. <laughs> yeah. But he's not a bust now as he's really helped this team in the postseason. And Cameron Payne. The underdog story. Cameron come Payne. Come out of nowhere. So I like the way Phoenix looks, but I think it's going to be a fun series. Probably six or seven games for sure. I will say I will be trying to root for Milwaukee because Bobby Portis, the Razorback, plays on the Bucks. So I'll be rooting for Milwaukee to get it done so Bobby Portis can be an NBA champion. But, yeah, I'm, I think Phoenix is just a slightly more talented than this Bucks. Team. I'm close to being in that boat, too. Pat Connaughton, also a member of the Milwaukee hey. Bucks, former <laughs> Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So, uh May have to cheer on my man Pat in this one as well, but I think that Phoenix is still going to get it done. Yeah. And so let's talk. Who's going to be the most important player for Phoenix in this series? Well, if you know, if we're being you know completely honest, I mean straight up, I mean it's Devin Booker, Chris Paul, you know, like the basic yeah. people. But I want to go a little bit 
uh, just a little bit deeper on it. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to be the biggest player in this series because you look, uh, Chris Paul probably going to get guarded by Drew Holiday, so that'll be he won't be you know as dominant. Booker yeah. might be guarded by Middleton or Giannis or someone else, maybe PJ Tucker. Yeah. I don't know, but Brooke Lopez is going to have to guard Ayton, and I just think Ayton's got that matchup dominated. I know Brooke's got more experience, but I just think Ayton's more overall player. So I think if Ayton has a really big series, this series might be over in five games. I really don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think Ayton is going to be a key piece, and I think anybody that comes into play in a big spot for them tonight, and or this this series, not just tonight, um, anybody that is going to be their big man on the floor, whether that be campaign or Jalen Smith, uh, not campaign, Cam Johnson, not Cam. Yeah. Campaign. Well, campaign be, could be a little nickname yeah. for Cameron Payne. Um, but Cam Johnson, and so you know whether one of those guys comes out there and plays the big man, I think those are going to be important. But Aiden, especially, he's a starter. You're gonna have to rebound the ball. Brooke Lopez hasn't been the best rebounding this season, uh, especially this postseason. But he stepped it up in the last series when Giannis went out, which they absolutely needed out of him. Yes, definitely. And if Giannis comes back for this series, which he should be back anytime, Mm -hmm. um, but if Giannis is back for this series, that's going to make rebounding even harder. And that small lineup they like to play, I mean, you got Bridges, Chris Paul, Booker, Crowder, and Aiden. Aiden is going to have to crash the boards, and he is going to have to outwork Giannis. That's what they did. In those games against the Clippers during Western Conference Finals, I I hated Aiton that whole series because he was getting rebound after rebound. Then the game two yeah. dunk for the win. Yeah, it's just yeah, he was a big part of that series because Zubac couldn't hang with him. So yeah, yeah it'll be very important for Aiton to get going in this series. And then on the flip side, who's going to be most important for Milwaukee in this series? Who do they need to get going? I know you know Giannis could be the main one, but I think Drew Holiday could be very important for them he's a lock he's a dare i say you know very well-known lockdown defender i think if he can stop chris paul may force chris paul to make some turnovers you know milwaukee's got a really good chance i know obviously besides you know Giannis and chris middleton you know i think maybe pj tucker could step up a great defender and also arguably the best corner shooter in the whole nba statistically he is the best career corner shooter in the nba so yeah i think Drew Holiday especially, but also P.J. Tucker. If they can both step up, Milwaukee also has a very good chance. Yeah, and I think the one thing about Drew Holiday also that we can mention is uh, after that, what, that series against Atlanta went six games? Yeah. So after that game five win, first game without Giannis, uh, Drew Holiday did the interview with uh, the guys at Inside the NBA. And Shaq said, you know, Drew, why aren't you more aggressive like that? I think it was Shaq said, why aren't you more aggressive like this? Where where, where did this come from on offense? Because we know Drew Holiday is a fierce defender, but he stepped up big on offense in games five and six. And he said, I don't know. I need to be like this more often. That's what everybody keeps telling me. And he was fantastic on offense. And so I think not just his defense is going to be important, but especially if Giannis is out this series, Drew Holiday is going to have to continue to carry his weight on offense yeah and also yeah he might need to go back to that new orleans form because you yeah. know new orleans you know they weren't good but they had uh anthony davis but he was still so underrated yeah. when he was down Absolutely. in new orleans so if he can get back to that form for these finals whoo watch yeah. out drew holiday could be something special to watch and so with Giannis's injury 
uh, this is a it could be a big blow. What what are your perspectives exactly on you know how big this is for Milwaukee, or do you think that the role players can still make it happen, kind of like they did against Atlanta? Uh, I think you know for the first few games, you know I think they'll be able to keep it close. If Giannis doesn't play in games one or two, which are both in Phoenix, I believe, yeah, um, then I don't know if they'll be able to get him. But games three and four at home. You got that home crowd with you and those role players. I think they can step up by then. But, you know, I've also heard Giannis is questionable for game one tonight. And, you know, he's trying everything he yeah. can to get back out there. So there's a chance he might be back for game two. But I think 100% Giannis will be back for game three. They'll have the home crowd, the home energy, kind of like in the net series, whenever they went down 2-0 heading back home and everyone thought the series was over. Absolutely. And they Including won those – yeah, including including us, uh, he, uh, they flipped the switch and got it, got those wins at home. So uh, I would expect him back by game three, but uh, I will say they need Giannis, I think, to win this series. I do too. Um, and so that kind of carries me into my next part of this question: What do you do if you're the Bucks here? You know, your doctors are saying maybe Giannis isn't ready to play game one. Probably could be ready for game two or three, but he's he may he may not be ready. Uh, he may not be a hundred percent tonight. But Giannis fought so hard to get to the finals these last couple of years and finally he's got his chance and what he wants more than anything is to start tonight and play tonight mm -hmm. what do you do for mike budenholzer this all ultimately comes down to his call well ultimately i, I want to say this first before i go into that when he got that injury against the hawks who i thought he was done i, I thought, thought he, he i thought thing. he i thought he tore his acl did a lot worse and then they come back and say he only hyperextended it, and i'm just like Wow, yeah. how does how does that happen? Flashbacks to Willis McGahey yeah. almost with the way that knee bent. Ugh, not, don't uh, not, don't remind me. We don't we don't need to go through bad injuries that I saw on TV. We don't need to go through that again. Not not I, quite as bad, but that's kind of the same bending backwards vibe that it had. But uh, yeah, I thought it was serious, but that really serious, and that he was done. And I thought Atlanta would win the series, but yeah. you know, if I'm Milwaukee. I don't force him to play tonight. It's only game one. It's not going to hurt him to lose one game. Yeah. So I think, and obviously, like it did in the Atlanta series, they lost game one even with Giannis playing. Yeah. So I think if you're smart, you don't play him tonight. And maybe if you feel he is really ready to go by game two, you play him. But I think the, to me, I would wait and do it whenever you get back home with the home crowd. He can feed off the energy there. You know, to kind of shoot some pain into yeah. that, uh, get rid of some of that pain in his knee, maybe from the crowd. But uh, I would say play him game two at the earliest. I think they need they don't need to play him tonight. Yeah, uh, I I kind of agree with you here. I think you use game one more as an evaluation game. How is your team playing against Phoenix tonight without you? Exactly. And if you play a good close game, maybe even get the win in game one. You might not play him game two if the doctors don't say he's ready to go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but. If I think if you get stomped in game, I think no matter what, he shouldn't play game yeah. one. Now, again, Mike Budenholzer has the call to make, but I think that no matter what, he shouldn't play tonight. But if you get absolutely throttled and the doctors say he might be able to go tonight, but Giannis is doing everything he can to play, I think you play him game two if yeah. you just get absolutely stomped yeah. because at that point, you need everything you can get. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so, you know, that'll carry us out of our NBA Finals talk a little bit. We'll have plenty more talk as the series goes on. I'm sure next week 
series probably is over uh, yep. by that point. I think Game Seven would go a week from now at the like latest. I believe so. So I I think that uh, safe to say next time we're on here we'll be talking about the uh, wrap up of the finals. At the very least, we'll be talking about getting ready for Game Six or Seven. And you never know. Yeah, if there's you never know if there is a Game Seven. Dare I say we do a special episode? Yeah. Dare I say? I think I think it's safe to say Game Seven. We have a little uh, Game Seven special that we'll prepare. Perfect. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, but with that, let's carry into some of the thoughts for the NBA offseason. We're gonna keep it on the NBA for this episode. But uh, let's let's talk some offseason thoughts. Some guys who uh, may be on the move, and we kind of worked on this list together. But curious to hear each other's thoughts here as far as these players go. And so I want to start first with Ben Simmons. What do you think should happen with Ben Simmons? I know we kind of had this conversation yeah. before, but this is a time for us to really hit home what we think should happen. Um, Overall, I just think, you know, I know he says he's going to work and get that shot. I just don't see. I just don't see him and Joel Embiid working together, really, to win an NBA title. I'm I sorry. Agree. If you want to play him at power forward and run it that way, maybe. But if you want to try running Ben Simmons at point guard, that's it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. So actually, you know, there's been rumors that Minnesota could trade for him, and I think that wouldn't be a bad deal for the Sixers. Maybe you try to get D'Angelo Russell out of the deal and have Cat yeah. and Ben Simmons run it in Minnesota with, um. Wow, I can't think of the number one overall pick's name. Anthony Edwards. Um, uh, yeah, let him take over most of like the scoring maybe from that guard position. So that wouldn't be a bad deal for either side. But here's one I think that would be interesting that not a lot of people are talking about. The Oklahoma City Thunder. I think this would be interesting. Number one, they just got that trade with Kemba Walker. They could use the trade package Kemba to the 76ers. Sure, Sam Presti would not mind getting more picks. Yeah. You know, I know they'd be a couple years down the road, like maybe 2023 at the earliest, but still, I think that'd be a good move for the Thunder because Thunder are rebuilding, obviously. He could be down there quietly, you know, working on a shot and form and getting better while the Thunder rebuild. Absolutely. Um, At that point, it comes down to, is Ben Simmons going to be happy in a rebuild? Is Presti going to be happy to have somebody like Simmons' big contract? But he did just take on Kemba Walker's deal. So, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to see that deal. That's actually an interesting thought because he's so young, you know, that even, you know, four or five years down the road, he's 26, 27 or exactly. whatever. So, uh, you know, Ben Simmons got a, lot, a long way to go. Uh, I, I also think that I never thought once Ben Simmons came into the league and he just could not shoot and he they're so persistent to play him at point guard. Um, I just knew him and John beat aren't going to work. Mm. If you move him to the power forward in Philly, I think you can salvage a, a run with Ben Simmons. If you find somebody to be your new point guard, because it doesn't hurt to have a big man like Ben Simmons. That's got a handle and can't shoot. Blake Griffin was like that when he was with the Clippers had no three point shot, barely mm -hmm. had a mid range jump shot. But something Blake Griffin's always had is a great handle on the basketball. And Blake Griffin... Now you're giving me those great flashbacks. <laughs> Blake Griffin never had to bring the ball up the court. Now, to be fair, most of the time he played with Chris Paul. So. Yeah. But he never brought the ball up the court. But in transition, those handles were useful to get him to the rim. You know, sometimes they'd have him sitting in a corner 
and you pass it to him, and he works his way in the corner. Mm-hmm. But it, when that when a guy like that's your primary ball handler, you can just craft a defense that just stops you mm-hmm. because a guy can't shoot. Yeah. And so I think if Ben Simmons is going to continue in Philly, he can't be a point guard anymore. And that would lead to an interesting move to find a point guard of the future. Tyrese Maxey is obviously somebody they have on roster, or, or Shake Milton. Those are guys that they have on roster that could be I will say first. also another one, and also a little bit of bias with it. Uh, two guys, Mason Jones, played That's a little fair. bit of point guard at Arkansas, and he's on there along with Isaiah Joe, another former Razorback that also has experience kind of running the point guard and the two guards. So maybe them – wouldn't be a bad option to rotate to if it gets down to that. And then maybe there's a guy floating around in free agency comes up a little bit later on this list. He's a Philly kid, and mm. Uh, mm. he might love <laughs> to come back home and be on a run, and he may even take a veteran's minimum to make it happen, Kyle Lowry. Maybe so. So I think if Ben Simmons is willing to relinquish that point guard position, they're salvaging it. But otherwise, I think you need to move him. And uh, the Minnesota has been talked about a lot. I don't know if I'm willing to give up D'Angelo Russell. I love the way, but I'm biased because I love D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. And I can't stand yeah. Ben Simmons with his current state. Uh, well, I mean, not a lot of people can, you know, uh, except for Trevor. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 it it's going to be interesting to see what Philly decides to do. But I think, I think that Ben Simmons has got a, a long way to go no matter what. Yeah. Um, and that's going to carry us into a guy that is going to be probably potentially the biggest name in this free agency. And rightfully so after he played one through five this season in San Antonio, DeMar DeRozan, he actually had a very impressive year. Yeah, but, and none get talked about because the Spurs barely were in the playoffs. Yeah. Too. But yeah, incredible year for him. Absolutely disrespected. Help this team take it. Help take this team in the bubble. Um, DeMar DeRozan is going to get paid this oh, offseason. Yeah. Um, whether San Antonio decides they want to keep him or not, that's up to them. But somebody is going to pay him. Maybe a Los Angeles team if they can find a way to work it out because mm-hmm. he is a Los Angeles guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the Warriors craft a sign-and-trade deal. Andrew Wiggins could be gone. Andrew that's Wiggins bad one. could be gone. Some draft picks, and he signs in San Antonio, and then they swap him. Um, but what do you think? What do you think should happen with DeMar DeRozan? Well, you know, there's obviously the L.A. team that we talked about there. Uh, would be an interesting one. But here's one I found, two that could be underdog candidates I think would be very interesting. Number one, Dallas Mavericks. I think, let's be honest, Luka... Would like some help, I think, yeah. currently. Current and, help's not working. Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's be honest, there's been rumors of them going to get another point guard, but Luka is going to be a guy that wants to handle the ball and, uh, you know, be the point guard, control the offense. And I think a guy like DeMar DeRozan could compliment him, I think, you know, because Luka can shoot them step-back threes, DeRozan can shoot the mid-range and knock it down. I honestly think that that would be a good fit. And then one that I think is interesting, I don't know if you all think it's interesting, Chicago Bulls. I would be pretty interested. Uh, yeah. Uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vukovic, or Vucevic. I've never learned how. Vucevic. Vucevic. Jeez. I can never pronounce. I'm never going to be able to pronounce that name right. But um, anyway, I think that, and then Kobe White's point guard, obviously. I think that that would make that Bulls team a whole lot more interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, a guy like DeRozan obviously fits kind of the play style, good mid-range. His 30 ball has evolved, and obviously we know DeMar DeRozan can get to the rim. Very similar to the way Zach Levine plays, and Zach Levine showed a lot of growth on the defensive end this year. So did DeMar DeRozan having a guard one through five, um, especially after they let go of uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he was phenomenal this season. That'd actually be an exciting move for us been a few players that would be uh exciting for me to see come to chicago but that would be a big one i think that would you know make it fun to watch but uh honestly what i was thinking with DeRozan, besides an la uh deal that has been talked about forever um since the beginning of time it feels like um i think they might look for, if Kyle Lowry sticks around, a Toronto reunion. Ooh! Uh, Toronto I know, reunion, okay. I know guys like Trevor Renfro are kind of missing DeMar DeRozan. I mean, they definitely would not uh, trade what happened in 2019 for anything. Fair point, fair point. But I know Trevor, at least, <laughs> is missing DeMar. He's a big DeMar guy. He was when he was there, still is now. He might want to see DeMar DeRozan come back, but it's all going to be about if Kyle Lowry's there. I think Kyle Lowry could have an effect on where DeMar DeRozan goes. They're best friends, and they love to play together, and I'm sure they'd love to play together again. Yeah, so let me ask you this. You you, you kind of hinted when you talked about Ben Simmons, 76ers, you know, like Kyle Lowry maybe going there. You Do you think the Sixers would go after DeMar? Because you said if it could affect where he goes – do you see them maybe going for him out, along with, you know, trading away Ben Simmons? Um, I I don't know if they would. They would have to. If they, if Kyle Lowry goes to the Sixers, I'm sure Kyle Lowry, no matter what, is going to try and pull DeMar and DeMar to Kyle Lowry. I think they're going to try and pull themselves together. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to try and find a way to make that work. Um, but if Lowry ends up in Philadelphia, it comes down to – DeMar DeRozan can take the veterans minimum, which he's not going to because no. he can get paid mm -mm. anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Or a guy like Tobias Harris or Dwight Howard or Ben Simmons or a combination of them is going to have to go um, to clear some cap room to bring in DeMar DeRozan. So I think if you're willing to give up Tobias Harris, who had a career year this season, mm -hmm. you could keep Simmons and Bede, get mm -hmm. Lowry, get DeRozan, have – Seth Curry, you may have to get rid of that contract. That that could be another contract to get yep. rid of, maybe to try and work something out. But it will take some moving uh, as far as getting that to work. But that'd be an interesting thought. All right. Um, into the next guy. Uh, this guy could end up having a completely boring offseason, but it's the way his contract's structured. Two years up front, and then the next two years are player optioned. So he's finished his first two years in L.A., and so now he has the choice to decide, do I want to test the free agency again? Do I want to stick around for the next two years? And that's Kawhi Leonard. So uh, this is, I'm, I imagine, going to be a biased opinion, but I'd love to hear what you think Kawhi <laughs> Leonard should do this offseason. Okay, biased opinion. He, he, he stays with the Clippers. Uh, but also, hear me out for my bias reason. Uh, I think if we would have lost to the Mavericks in the first round, I thought he's gone. There's no way he's coming back. Absolutely. But I think the fact that he saw us get to the Western Conference Finals without and him. get to six games without him, I think that could lean him 
uh, more towards coming back next year and trying just one more time. And honestly, I think if we don't get to the finals next year, he, he's gone. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for the fun side of it, I thought of some teams. If he were to decline his player option where he could go, you know, obviously, I think the Mavericks could be one, an interesting one. Luka's been wanting a teammate. Wouldn't be a bad one. Miami Heat, get an all-defensive uh, team with <laughs> Jimmy Butler, score. Kawhi. If they bring back Oladipo, maybe, uh, along with Bam Adebayo, that'd be a tough defensive team. But one I think is interesting because this is Kawhi, and you got to remember, when he signed with the Clippers, all that you heard the weeks before was he's either going back to Toronto or going to the Lakers, Toronto or the Lakers. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's the Clippers. So I thought, you know what? Let's pick a team that'd be interesting that would shock the whole world if he went to. And that's the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at it, Kevin Durant situation. I'm not saying it's going to have a Kevin Durant effect, you know, with the league being more spread out and being a little bit more balanced now. But I think it would be very interesting. I hope and pray it doesn't happen and that he stays a Clipper forever when, and we win like five NBA titles with him. Or if we just get to the finals, I'll celebrate that too. But uh, most likely, I think he'll stay. But I think the Mavericks, Heat, and Warriors would be interesting spots for him. Yeah, uh, my personal opinion is uh, that Kawhi Leonard is just going to pick up his player option and he'll be in LA Smart man. next year. Smart man. Um, to me, it doesn't make sense to leave. It would be interesting to see teams pitch for him. I know the Chicago Bulls have been saving their salary cap for this offseason in hopes. I don't know that... if you could be on the podcast still if he leaves to go to the Bulls. <laughs> I, 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 might, I, might have to, I might have to kick you off if that happens. <laughs> I, understand, I would understand. But... Uh, you know, we were saving for this offseason. It was supposed to be the Giannis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard offseason. And then Giannis and Paul, Paul George signed huge deals. And now Kawhi Leonard may not be out there. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I think Kawhi sticks around in L.A. And so into our next player, Kyle Lowry. We've kind of been teasing talks right here. But uh, what do you think's going to happen with Kyle Lowry? What's your full opinion on Kyle Lowry? I mean... I mean, honestly, I would like if he did the, the DeRozan thing in Toronto. I feel like that would be very yeah. interesting. But if I'm being honest, you know, let's let's face it. Dennis Schroeder with the Lakers has been terrible. Let, let's face it. No one on the Lakers fan, nobody on the Lakers really liked Schroeder. So maybe they let him go and maybe they get Kyle Lowry on kind of a decent deal to play with them. But, you know, I would be interested in the Sixers move because it wouldn't yeah. be a flashy point guard. It'd be, you know, one of those grit and grind point guards that could get them when, buckets whenever you need them to. Absolutely. But here's one I think could be interesting that no one's talking about. I don't. I just think that this would be an underdog candidate for them. Boston Celtics. Hear, hear me out. Boston has, let's face it, whenever the last few years of point guard have been terrible. They traded for Kyrie Irving. He left in free agency. Kemba Walker was not good for him, let's face it. And then he got traded to the Thunder. So now the point guard spot is open again. And we talked about this last time about if they could just find their point guard, their championship contenders. So maybe getting Kyle Lowry there, a guy that, you know, won't demand the basketball like a ton with Tatum and Brown. And has championship experience. Yeah, and has championship experience. Would not be a bad move to maybe get Boston back up uh, in contention again. That's just one underdog kid, I think. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Um... With Kyle Lowry, um, a lot of people that I've heard, or specifically one person that I've heard, <laughs> uh, 
regards Kyle Lowry as the greatest Raptor of all time. Oh, I wonder who that one guy is. Fair enough claim. I understand entirely and would love to see him stick around for the rest of his career. And so part of me wants to see him and DeRozan reunite there. I want to see him and DeRozan reunite somewhere. Um, now, I would like it would be cool to see him go home to Philly. He's a Philly kid. He'd love to go back. And that would be interesting to see how the Sixers would mm. be with Kyle Lowry. Um, but I think a big place for Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan to have a reunion, a place that Kyle Lowry would fit in so well, is San Antonio. Mm. Kyle Lowry's a gritty point guard, mm. very good defender. You can move DeJounte Murray to that off-guard spot. You know you can play DeRozan anywhere, Keldon Johnson anywhere. So I, I think that that would be a big boost to the Spurs to make them look special and good and ready to make a run. Would be very, very interesting. And also, they got, I believe DeJounte Murray is still there, yeah. if I remember correctly. That defense with him and Kyle Lowry... And DeMar DeRozan, I mean, that's not that's not a bad team yeah. for the Spurs. That's not bad. I'm not saying it'll get them top seed, but it'll get them a good spot in the playoffs yeah. Very and make them a very tough, yeah, a very tough team to get out as if they already weren't this year. So would not be a bad yeah. spot for them 100%. Into the guy that was a hot topic last offseason, nothing ended up happening with him. This offseason, I think it might be a little bit different. Brad Beal. Yep, Brad Bradley Beal, obviously. Let's face it, Washington, they did make the playoffs, barely, because of Russell Westbrook's uh help with him. But I don't I think he's getting he's not staying there. I I think for sure he's gone now. And honestly, you never know. Russell Westbrook could be gone as well. Maybe yeah. they buy out Westbrook and he becomes a free agent or they trade him. But I think this could be an interesting spot also. For Ben Simmons, I was kind of saving this one for the Ben Simmons part with this. Bradley Beal, you could trade him to the Sixers. I think that that could be an interesting move. Yeah. Uh, and they could trade Ben Simmons there if they were to let go of Westbrook. And they could just let Ben Simmons and Rui Hachimara, Daniel Gafford, all, all of them down there, let them kind of develop together, uh, I think would be a very good uh, idea for them. Yeah. Um, a big thing, I think, with Bradley Beal is that he wants to be somewhere where he's going to win. Yep. Um, and he's a fantastic shooter. And there's a team in the league that happens to thrive with fantastic shooters. They have a coach that's a fantastic shooter. Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors. Now, this was a rumor trade last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden State gives up their pick, gets Bradley Beal. Now, they've got two lottery picks, and they've got Andrew Wiggins. And they've got Kelly Oubre. They've got all these pieces. I don't. I'm not quite sure if Washington's ready for a Kelly Oubre reunion <laughs> yet. Um, but I there's a lot there, and honestly, I'm just waiting for Adrian Wojnarowski to announce it because at this point, I think it seems Inevitable. unless unless the Wizards are just so convinced that they're going to the playoffs next year and they're not moving anybody. I, I, I don't see how you don't fire away at two lottery picks and Wiggins. It's a fair it's a fair point. I didn't I didn't I for completely forgot about that rumor deal last year. That's not a 
it's not a bad deal at all, actually, for, for them. And it'd be way better than the six. I mean, you would get Ben Simmons, maybe yeah. first round picks in the next few years, but you could get two lottery picks for him. Yeah, you guarantee lottery picks yeah. right now. It's not bad. Question is, would you, you know, because there have been rumors of James Wiseman. Do you think they would have to include James Wiseman? Um, or do you think they could? I think the Wizards have made a lot of moves for a lot of young big men. Mo Wagner. Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Rui Hachimura. Uh, Davis Bertans is. Thomas Bryant still there? I forgot. Thomas if... Bryant was hurt this year, and he's still there. They've got a lot of young depth at the big spot that I think they're looking to develop and see who's who's who. Um, I think the last thing they really want is to add another guy like James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Maybe Eric Pascal could have to be moved in that deal um, because he can play the three or the four, yeah. and so they might want him to play some three – or they might want um, Nico Mannion. That's Nico not about Mannion, or uh, he was just oh Draymond Green may have to go Ooh. in that deal. But I think if you're looking to rebuild and take on, you don't want to take on Wiggins and Draymond Green's contracts. You're going to take one or the other. And I think Wiggins is the way more likely candidate to be sent off in a trade. Draymond Green part of that yeah. part in Golden State. Could you just imagine that lineup for a second, Steph? Clay, as long as he doesn't get hurt again. It hurt again. Bradley Beal, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good good luck. Good luck trying to stop that offense. Well, maybe you can yeah. stop Draymond, but you ain't gonna be able to stop Bradley Beal, Clay, and Steph. That's a finals run mm-hmm. in the making. Um and so I, I'll let that carry us right into our last subject of today. I thought about doing a surprise one, but we've gone on a little too long. Oh, so come on, boo! Fine, I'll do a surprise boo. after Kristaps Porzingis. But Yay! We're at Kristaps Porzingis right now. So yep. uh, we discussed, uh, I let you know that we were going to do Porzingis. Actually, you let me know that you had done Porzingis. So what do you think is going to happen with Porzingis? I think this is just some rumors that I've heard about Porzingis. I mean, let's be honest. The Mavericks thing didn't really work out this year. You know, I yeah. want to say it didn't work out. And I think he needs to go to a place where he won't get all the attention in the world and he can, you know, kind of develop a little bit. So a spot that I think be interesting would be the Indiana Pacers. Uh, wow. Go down back down there, Rick Carlisle. I know they have Sabonis down there. So maybe you do a deal where the Mavericks get Miles Turner. Yeah. And also, if they really want him, maybe you let go of TJ Warren. Because let's say TJ Warren didn't really get along with the Pacers this whole past year. Because that part of that was due to the whole coaching hire. But maybe he'll get along with Rick Carlisle. I don't know. But I think he, that would not be a bad place for him to go. Kind of yeah. pair him with Sabonis. I mean, I, I wouldn't say no to it if I'm a Pacers fan. Fair enough. Um, a spot for poor Zingis. I think would be really interesting is if he joined the Utah Jazz. He's a good defender, and he stretches the floor a little bit. Now, I don't exactly know how you mess with your lineup there because Mitchell's going to be out there, and Boyan Bogdanovich. Maybe they might have to sacrifice their sixth man of the year. Yeah, I'm thinking that in this deal – you might let go of somebody like Mike Conley. You might have to let go of somebody like Jordan Clarkson. You may have to pick between Boyan Bogdanovich and uh, Joe Ingles. Um, 
You've got some talent, younger talent on the bench. Uh, Mieoni. Um, now, Mavericks, if they were doing this deal, they're not necessarily looking to rebuild. No. So I don't know how much young talent would appeal, uh, appeal to them. But just some food for thought, I think he would make it more interesting there and having a big man that plays defense like that and stretches the floor. And then if you had him and Gobert out there at the same time, two seven-foot shot-blocking nightmares. Good luck getting into the paint against them. Yeah, I mean, they would be even better defensively than they were this year. And also, you know, Porzingis, it wouldn't just be two seven-foot guys, you know, crammed in there on offense. Porzingis can stretch the floor. So. Yeah, and he would. Uh, that's what they – they ran Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich out there at the three and four this year. So he would just take one of those spots in the corner, basically. Yeah. Um. But now we'll move on to a surprise. I thought of this yeah. in the middle of the episode oh. as we started talking, and I was like, let's go ahead and include him. Damian Lillard. Oh. Coaching change in Portland. Constant sputtering out just as you get on the brink mm. of winning. He's putting the team on his back, having incredible scoring games, and just can't get it done. What do you think Damian Lillard should look to do this offseason? He's uh, under contract, so he'd have to be requested trade. But what do you think happens? I feel, I don't know what he would do necessarily, you know, besides maybe request a trade. I think maybe he pressures Portland into getting him, you know, another player to play along with him and CJ. You know, I don't know who that could be specifically, you know, thinking off the top of my head here. Um, But I think – you got to get him something like that, and if you don't get that, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if he gets frustrated enough that uh, he sits out maybe the beginning of the season, wanting wanting to get traded. Maybe yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that, but I'm also wouldn't be surprised. He Dame is a very loyal person, and he's been saying how he's wanting to win one for Portland, especially. So maybe he's loyal and stays there, but you know, maybe maybe you know he if he does get traded, maybe. I know the Sixers would be one. Maybe, you know, they could have Ben Simmons there. I know that's just – that's always one that will we'll kind of go there. But uh, there's also been rumors of him and LeBron James have been hanging out a lot this offseason. So I'm going to hope that doesn't come true of him going to the Lakers. But uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. They either need to get him – get another player to play with them that can compete and help them, or he needs to get out of there. Yeah, um, I think a lot of what happened this offseason, Damian Lillard wasn't happy that they fired Terry Stotts. He didn't understand it, and that's fair. Terry Stotts did everything he could. He had has one heck of a resume. That's a fair point. Uh, as a coach, took him to the playoffs, what, all nine years he was the coach, or eight of nine Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's eight of nine. I think one year they missed. That's still phenomenal. Um, And so... I, you know, it shocked me. I thought, that's not your problem. <laughs> uh, coaching isn't your problem. And now bringing in Chauncey Billups, I have no disrespect for Chauncey Billups, but Chauncey Billups has been the uh, second highest ranking assistant coach on a team at his highest position. So not even the highest ranking assistant coach. Um, so, you know, I don't, I the move doesn't make sense to me. I thought, if anybody was going to replace it, Becky Hammonds would be a better fit as a coach. Playing, uh, she's been coaching under Pop, and she is, you know, the lead assistant in San Antonio. 
I think it's just another issue with because I I have had this problem for a while. I think Becky Hamm has been patched up a couple of times because she's a woman. Um, and whether you think she should coach or not, I don't care. She should be a head coach. She should have been the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. I'm happy with Billy Donovan. I don't think he's bad, but I think she's missed out on a lot of opportunities. I would have been very interested if she would have gone to the Pacers. I was very intrigued if we were to get her. Um, I think, but I think that's really the only problem that Becky Hammonds has had getting a job is that she's a woman, and I don't necessarily think that's fair. It's not. It's not fair. It's um, really not. But I don't think Chauncey Billups meets the requirements of somebody who's ready to be a head coach in the NBA after two years of assistant coaching experience and being an analyst on ESPN. Those two things don't really mm-hmm. scream head coach at me. That was the case in Jalen Roseby up for some jobs. Yeah, um, and he's never been an assistant coach. That just goes to show. I mean, I get Chauncey Billups as an NBA championship, but Damian Lillard wasn't happy about how the coaching search went anyway. I mean, again, he wasn't even happy that Terry Stotts was fired. Yeah. Let alone, uh, I know there are a lot of reports that he was upset with Chauncey Billups hiring. Um, and Chauncey Billups has a lot of allegations out against him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't make it look any better. Um, and so I think with all that and the Pacers saying they know, knew, or Blazers, not Pacers, saying they knew about these allegations in the interview process just makes it even more wrong that he's hired over. Hammonds, or even a guy like Darvin Ham uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, who's been uh, out there, another lead assistant, who the last couple of years has had his name talked about. Um, so I think all that's really frustrated Damian Lillard, and I won't be surprised if he asked for a trade. Um, LA's one that, you know, people have been talking about, Philadelphia, um, even Golden State. He plays just like a Golden State guy. But a fun one that you actually should tag me in on Twitter that I think would be awesome <laughs> is to Chicago. Um, you know, I don't know what exactly that requires us giving up. I'll probably have to give up uh, Kobe White, probably. Um, that's not the part I'm looking forward to if that has to happen. I but, mean, point guard for point guard. You'd but, also probably have to give up some picks, obviously. Yeah, more picks, probably uh, uh, Thadjik Young. Uh, y'all might, if you were to do the trade, y'all might have to give up your first round. Your y'all have y'all have Lara you picked this year, do y'all? No, we tr- that was part of the uh, Vucevic deal. Uh, okay. If uh, if the trade la- if the pick landed in the top three, we got to keep it, but uh, okay. it did not. All right. So yeah, um, but yeah, you would definitely have to give up Kobe White for him. But Kobe White probably. But it'd be fun to see Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams. Um, Nikola Vucevic, Thaddeus Young, Thadric Johnson, as I like to call him. <laughs> um, you know, that would be a fun team to see. But overall, I think if I'm Damian Lillard, if the rumors about his frustration are there, if I was Damian Lillard, I'd want out. Um, so if the rumors are of his frustration are true, I think that we should be expecting Damian Lillard to be traded anytime now. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but with that being said, that's going to be the end of this episode of the Bull Take Podcast. Uh, I'm Austin Hill here with Austin Waiter, and uh, that's it.